keep your customers close. Be on the phone or email or text, whatever is appropriate to, to be there for them, but also listening. And that's how you answer that question in terms of how do we shift? How do we make changes? Hello and welcome. I'm Rob Levitt and you're listening to C-Suite Marketing, expert conversations on executive engagement. C-Suite Marketing is brought to you by our friends at Boardroom Insiders, a business intelligence platform that makes executive engagement easier than ever. Learn more at boardroominsiders.com. Learn more about this podcast at itsma.com. You'll find today's show notes, other episodes of C-Suite Marketing, and all sorts of other research and insight on executive engagement. And please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Now for today's show. I'm here today with Lee Oden. CEO and co-founder of Top Rank Marketing, a digital agency with a strong focus on influencer marketing for B2B. Lee, welcome. Thanks for joining the conversation. It's great to be here, Rob. Excellent. Tell us a little bit more about the agency. The agency is B2B uh, focused, B2B marketing focused. We are a content marketing agency focused very much on influencer marketing. Uh, what we're doing with influencers, of course, is creating content. And um, our roots as an agency are in actually SEO. Um, I started in SEO in 97, 98. And so um, we have this sort of findability and credibility uh, intersection with content, you know, making sure content can be found in all the places where customers are looking. And at the same time, making sure that content is credible and actionable. So we're supporting companies like Dell, uh, LinkedIn, SAP, uh, with influencer content programs, as well as SEO, um, all sort of baked in into what we call a best answer marketing strategy. Great. So let's talk about executive engagement, kind of C-suite marketing. I mean, this is the audience that's typically the hardest to reach, whether it's with content or on social or, you know, other, other approaches before the pandemic hit, before kind of everything changed. Tell us about what you found most effective uh, at kind of that high end of digital and influencer marketing? Well, um, a lot of brands would look at influencer marketing as a proxy, meaning, um, you know, they want to be influential about a thing that customers care about. So find people who are already influential about those things, yeah. partner with them, and by association, the brand as a total, as an as a, as a entity, becomes more influential, more effective, and more relevant voice to those customers. And that's traditionally how influencer uh, marketing, influencer content would work um, in B2B. And obviously, there are other elements that factor into best practices, everything from targeting and timeliness and relevance and personalization and experiences, especially real-world experiences like conferences or field marketing and that sort of thing. Would, would be a big part of kind of bringing all these different digital interactions to uh, a point of closure, if you will, you know, um, because as you know, there's no substitute for pressing the flesh in person. Um, and so that was a very big part of, you know, getting executives from the brand to work with influencers from the industry to provide an experience for prospects and customers. Right. Right. So, okay. You, so you, um, you set up the next point, which is we can't do those conferences anymore. We can't press the flesh anymore. Uh, so what's changed? I mean, you're, 
you're primarily digital already, as you said, but what's different now? How are you going at it differently? Well, so a lot of our clients, um, a lot of companies were conducting, you know, because they're large brands, very large user conferences. Mm -hmm. And so influencer activation would really be focused around those events. So that's happened. That's different now, obviously. And so tactically or, or strategically, the idea is still to achieve this influence by association outcome, but just doing it totally digitally, uh, relying more on influencers to generate content that is more around the why, uh, not so much about the how. Um, more values driven, more purpose driven, more empathetic to the customer in this current time and these challenging times, as everyone's saying right now, versus more explicit product uh, marketing types of messages. But but another change strategically would be um, we're seeing a lot more clients ask for programs where we're helping their senior executives, the C-suite, become more influential in the industry. Themselves. So directly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're actually, so we're managing social accounts now for C-suite executives at multiple companies now where that was not so common before. And we're still engaging with industry influencers as part of the program, but our measurements, uh, our KPIs are more around to what degree are we increasing the impact and influence of those senior executives, uh, not just the brand by itself. I don't think this is going to slow down at all. I think it's a great idea. I think it's super smart. The tentativeness of many executives to do anything on social in the past was pretty common. You know, I mean, it's like, I don't have time for that. Uh, and yet customer expectations, business customer expectations is that if they do expect executives for, for brands they do business with to be present on social in some way. And there have been some studies that show that the likeliness to a positive affinity, a likeliness of buy, buying um, and purchasing and retention are all correlated with uh, senior executives being active in some meaningful way on social. And so now they have time, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a great point because, you know, we know that executives are most comfortable with their peers, right? So they want to talk to other executives. And, you know, and as we've been saying, most of that happens face to face or maybe on the phone. And so now those as those are I mean, the phone obviously is still available, but as the face to face is taken away, it needs to be replaced. Um, some of it may be generational in the sense that the younger executives we've seen this in some ITSMA research are much more social uh, and comfortable. But in general, senior executives have been the laggard with that. And so um, I love that you're seeing that shift. It's part of this, you know, you, I'm sure you've heard the, you know, we've just gone through three years of digital transformation in the last three months. Right. So this is a good example of that. Um, you know, one of our member companies was talking about outfitting their entire leadership team with essentially production studios in their houses. Right. Because they're not going back to the office anytime soon. And they're going to be doing more of this, you know, this kind of conversation like you and I are having, and it needs to be professional and they need to be comfortable. It's probably going to be more training right. and support to enable that. But so that's a, I love that. It's a really interesting, quick shift. It uh, is, it is. It speaks to that idea of necessity is the mother of invention, yeah. or at least innovation. Right, <laughs> right, right. 
uh, of, of what we need to do. And it's interesting. I'm part of some you know, specialty groups, peer groups of people who are in the business of being influencers, uh, yeah. keynote speakers, book authors, and so forth. And it's very interesting how much people, even in that group, who are already pretty savvy right. about communicating in this format, are do really taking the next level, going taking it to the next level in terms of the equipment and 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 uh, the, the the craft of creating really great media as an individual person at home. Um, and it's totally doable. It, it really is. Um, there's so much available to all of us with training, support, coaching, you know, someone to hold your hand. Anybody can create meaningful content and people are interested in hearing it. Oh, absolutely. No, I could not agree more. And I think that, um, you know, again, we're at this point right now. We're recording this in late May. And so we're, you know, three months in to this. The first period was all about, you know, everybody gets home, we're jumping on Zoom. It's like, oh, you know, checking out your backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but we're starting, we need to get past that now. Right. right? And, you know, partly because everybody's doing it and you need to differentiate and partly because, yeah. okay, it's fine. Like it's very amateurish for a lot of folks at the beginning. That's fine. Now that we're settling in for the longer haul. Yeah, people are kind of finding their groove in terms of yeah. what they are comfortable with doing, um, but also what the audience actually wants, mm -hmm. because it is very appropriate for certain types of people and certain industries and audiences to be very polished and professional. And if that's the case, then that's what you've got to do. But in other cases, it might be towards the other end of the spectrum where we're really looking for behind the scenes inside scoop stuff where it's just casual conversation and all of it has a role to play. And it's simply a matter of understanding what it is it that what is it that's going to resonate with the audience that we're after. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, this is actually, you know, one of the things I think that we're all dealing with is that, you know, we've always been very thoughtful about segmentation, different industries, different roles that we're trying to reach, even you know, different accounts. You know, we we both work a lot on account-based marketing. But the kinds of disruption that are now happening across the economy are, on, you know, on the one hand, everybody's dealing with this incredible crisis. On the other hand, it's affecting everybody very differently. Mm. You know, you're just talking about the tech sector where we both spend a lot of time, relatively well positioned to kind of work yeah. through this. Um, you know, travel and tourism, hospitality, my gosh, you know, yeah. food, healthcare. With your work and your clients, do you now have to take a whole fresh look at who is it that we're trying to reach? Who do we emphasize? What are we putting on the back burner? You know, how do we understand the immediate situations of the audiences that we're trying to reach? So in, in our case, we're very niche focused in who our audience is, and that is B2B technology companies um, for the most part. Um, we do have some consumer-oriented organizations, but it's mostly B2B. Yeah, um, and, and, and that's also the case for the most part um, for our clients too, and that they're selling to business customers. And granted, of course, some of them are in different industries. And in our case, you know, we're learning about that from our own customers. They're learning about that from their customers um, mm -hmm. the, to the degree that they have their fingers on the pulse of the data that will inform them quantitatively about any changes in interactions with content, uh, performance of marketing campaigns and that sort of thing. 
qualitatively through interviews. You, I mean, one of, one of the recommendations I made a lot, and I've done a bit of editorial on how do you keep, how do you, should you keep marketing during the pandemic? Yes, of course. You know, you just have to do right. it differently. And one yeah. of the most important things you have to do is keep your customers close. Yeah. You've got to be on the phone or email or text, whatever is appropriate to, to be there for them, but also uh, listening. And that's how you answer that question in terms of how do we shift? How do we make changes? We have some clients that are lucky enough to be in industries that actually serve working in this environment. There's a project management software company and out of Israel that, yeah. that I mean, it's just boom times for them. You know, I'm just like, it's boom times for Zoom. And, and so, but, but we still made a shift there, you know, instead of, you know, explicitly selling the product, it was more about how are we donating this product to solopreneurs and, 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 and people that right. are really hit hard right now, individuals or small businesses. And so there's a, there's a couple of clients in that category, in those, that category where they, what they offer totally helps you uh, as a business right. do business in the new virtual world uh, or, or the way we are. Um, with other companies, there have been shifts, there have been changes in programs and campaigns and that sort of thing to just be more empathetic to the time. And that's sort of phase one. And then people are getting a little tired on the receiving end of yeah, that's what I think challenging really times yeah. <laughs> we're there for you. Exactly. Um, and so I'm, I don't think we've, uh, I don't, luckily, I don't think we've sponsored any emails going out saying that from the CEO of our client. Like they've done that on their own, but we're, we're not in that business. Um, <laughs> we're a little more about, okay, when we talk to industry experts that have the ear of customers, of buyers in that client's industry, what are they saying? Partnering with them on shifts in messaging. Uh, they're on the ground, so to speak. Uh, they are part of the peer groups that uh, buyers are also a part of. Uh, they just happen to have the larger uh, network and ability to create media, and they publish. Right. So um, that's the, where influencer engagement has been a uh, has been instrumental in informing uh, any shifts. Uh, it hasn't worked across the board, but um, sure. where we do already have relationships with those influencers, we are tapping them for partnerships and, uh, and and information or insights around how messaging might shift and focusing uh, a little bit differently might be better to serve our clients. We'll be back after a very quick break. Enjoying the podcast? Want to learn more about C-Suite marketing? Send us a comment and we'll add you to a drawing to win a copy of my colleague Bev Burgess's book, Executive Engagement Strategies, How to Have Conversations and Develop Relationships that Build B2B Business. Okay, now back to the show. So I'm curious, I mean, I would imagine that literally, I mean, you talked before about um, shifting some focus from influencers to the executives themselves. I would also think that who the influencers are, you know, to the extent they're still industry influencers, that can be changing pretty quickly. Yeah. Changing so fast. So there isn't a universal definition of an influencer um, per se. Of course, we have common characteristics like 
topically relevant in terms of the content they create, the degree to which that topic resonates with their network, and of course, the size of their network. That's like the basic three. And well, the other element of definition of who, what's influential, who's influential has to do with how we will engage them. What's the context for engaging them? So like SAP has developed this ecosystem of influencers to impact the buyer journey from awareness to advocacy. So different right. types of influencers are engaged, right? And so here's an example yeah. that's super relevant for right now that we're seeing an increase in. And that is in not just looking at executives and making them more influential, not just looking at external experts as influencers, but looking at customers and prospects as influencers. Now, I'm going to drill down a little bit on the prospect influencer idea. So imagine this, you've got a list, bring it into an influencer marketing software platform that will score those individuals based on their social media activity, the degree to which they are influential and have the ability to contribute editorially in some way. If I find people who are part on my prospect list that are also influential and have the ability to create content, and they clearly they are passionate about a topic that aligns with my business and my other customers, why wouldn't I invite them yeah. to collaborate on a content project that will advance our business, advance the industry, that would be helpful and maybe even be a, a greater good sort of angle? And the, the the process of interacting. So if they say yes, and we create a really wonderful experience in which their expertise is part of something that is amazing, makes them look good. Absolutely. Interactions are very positive and confidence inspiring. Now we have the building blocks of trust in a situation where maybe they were ignoring our ads, maybe they were ignoring our outreach or other right. ways to engage them. Right, right. One of the things that you know we've been discussing with our members and others is this idea of a kind of a flight to quality or you know and it's it trust. So like when times are especially tough, you go to the most generally trusted brands or names. Mm -hmm. uh, you know it's like it's, it's a it's a cautiousness that. It kind of comes to the fore. I don't know if you see that or if that, you know, kind of, does that make sense? I don't know that it's been a universal truth as much as you might expect. Um, mm -hmm. Although, so, so there's been some uh, truth to that in terms of what our customers are looking for to align themselves with industry experts and to create thought leadership content that can reinforce yeah. their dominant position as the best answer in the industry for what it is that they do. I think that is, there's an element to that that will always be universally true. But something that's been interesting in the consumer marketplace is that there's been less brand loyalty during these times. Availability and price and things like that have been what have driven people to switch brands like that more so than before. And for more commoditized services in B2B, I, I, I think that might be yeah. a bit true as well closer to the uh, consumer side, but yeah, yeah they're more strategic, you know, like all of a sudden you see McKinsey even more, right? They're pumping out even more content. It's like, oh, well, if I'm going to try and think about what the future might look like in manufacturing, I'm going to maybe trust McKinsey more than, you know, somebody I've never heard of or. And that, that could be, and they're able to leverage the credibility that they already have right. to be, right providing the kind of information people, their audience really need right now. Uh, right. That's, an opportunity, that's an opportunity for them 
um, that they're acting on appropriately. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and the question is, is it possible that someone that's not McKinsey, could they fill a void there? And I think it's possible um, if they're able to create super compelling, provocative content that plays really well in a digital world. Well, you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Um, I think that's the side is like things can spread very quickly. And, you know, again, the kind of senior executives that we're talking about here in terms of our clients, customers, right? The heads of the retail companies and manufacturing companies and so on that the tech companies we work with are selling to. They're, you know, omnivorous when it comes to new ideas and information. I think right. even especially now, you know, they're spending even more time scanning the horizon and looking for, you know, new information and new ideas. And so on the one hand, maybe I'm going to go to like traditionally trusted sources, but wow, if I see, you know, if I come across something interesting, I'm going to grab it. Yeah, and especially there's if there's social proof to it or if there's validation from p other peers saying, hey, did you see this? And you're like, gosh, that's funny because I just saw that. We can right. create that scenario working, you know, right. good, good content marketing, good PR and good influencer marketing can create that situation. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk. I know we just have a couple of minutes left here. Um, you and I in the past have talked a little bit about account based marketing and influencer marketing. And I'm curious what you're thinking, you know, I, let me preface this by saying our general sense at ITSMA is now's the time to double down on ABM, that more targeted, more insight driven, more relationship oriented marketing is even more important now than it's been. But from a kind of an influencer marketing perspective, and I know, again, you do work a lot around ABM. I'm curious if you're thinking there's anything new or different as we look ahead now. I think really, yeah, I, I think it's really important for brands to, to, to be thoughtful about what they do now so that as things start to shift in a more stable way, if you will, are they going to be thought of? in a positive way, will there be positive affinity associated with their brand based on what they did now yep. when things start to normalize or, or not? And I understand that the marketing is more challenging right now in terms of what we knew to be the status quo and what worked before. Right. And our sales object, our sales goals have not changed. <laughs> I mean, the work still has to be done. We still have to meet those numbers. And I think it's just really important that brands be thoughtful about how they, whatever they do double down on, whatever they do accentuate and emphasize that it is qualitative in nature, that it is relationship building, um, yeah. you know, purpose driven, why focused yeah. types of activities um, and not just purely opportunistic uh, from, you know, mm -hmm. a, a, an explicit sales standpoint, even though we still have to meet those numbers. We've got to find yeah. a way to drive the confidence and trust that result in the kind of, uh, you know, revenue targets that we're after. But we also have to be thoughtful about the why, and, you know, as the dust settles and are we thought of as, wow, you know what, that brand, that company I buy, I mean, they really, not only did they deliver on the product I bought from them, but, you know, they really stand for something that, 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 and, and, and going forward, they are clearly a leader in my industry, in the world as it relates to how we do business. I think that's something B2B brands need to be even more thoughtful about now 
and, and how they can set themselves up for success in that respect in the future. Oh, that's great. Um, so I have two last questions and they're kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. So I want to start with a super tactical one. And it's something you mentioned early on. A lot of the work that you've been doing is tied to, has been tied to big events, you know, user events, customer events. You know, those are gone, but they're being replaced by these big virtual events. And so I'm curious if, you know, as your clients, you know, you're an agency, as your clients are beginning to look at, okay, you know, we can't just cancel or postpone. We need to recreate now. Right. Large, interactive, virtual events. Are you starting to plug in some of your work and programs to those? Or yeah, those creating, creating. Yeah. And, and, you know, the work that we do is already digital. At our, I mean, granted, um, when, you know, we would manage the influencers uh, going yeah. to the event and uh, manage the live streaming and the content they would create at the event and then the repurposing of the content after the fact. Well, uh, we're doing the same kinds of things. They're just not physically at the event. Um, they may be live blogging or making, you know, Twitter or, or social comments about presentations that are happening during the event, but supplying them with schedules. So, you know, there, there's an operations uh, aspect yeah. to um, activating a group of 25 people during an event that, you know, is great to rely on someone who right. loves to do that sort of thing. Right. And, um, <laughs> And it manifests in terms of social presence and driving conversations yeah. around the topics that are associated with the event before, during, and after. So um, generally, those activities haven't changed. It's just the execution has changed a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So last question. I want to zoom back out again a little bit. And, you know, again, you're on the agency side. And so you're working with ITSMA members and other kinds of big companies. Um, as a part of typically much larger programs. And so one of the things we always talk about with executive engagement is the orchestration and the coordination challenge. Marketing activities, you've got events, you've got sales and account teams who are reaching out, you've got your own executives. So I'm curious, um, you know, Lee, from your perspective, what you have seen to be effective and maybe not as effective in terms of coordinating the kinds of programs that you're doing with your clients with some of these other related and overlapping activities. Yeah, this is one of the uh, wonderful things about working with large complex organizations um, exactly. because obviously you have different business units, with different objectives, uh, not just different departments within corporate, but you have people vying for the same resources, and in my case, the same influencers or the same brand social channels for amplification of right. activities. And ultimately so, trying to reach the same customers and prospects. And exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So, so yeah, so there's got to be some operational decisions made at the brand, at the company about coordination. You know, there's there's got to be common ground in terms of goals we're trying to reach, obviously. But um, what are, what is the processes that we're going to follow that are inter that re, that that uh I'll enable interdepartmental collaboration that um, allow for regional specific you know collaboration right. relative to a particular marketing initiative or a brand initiative. Um, there's technology that facilitates that. I think process and technology. I know you've heard the old adage, you know, people, process, yeah. technology, right? It's always about that inevitably. But so much here um, in, in this case. And so as more folks are like, well, you have people in marketing and comms that are used to using brand social channels. 
And now you have some other folks entering into the situation and they want to get on some of that space too. And it's like, well, you don't understand. We can't post 55 things in one day. Um, So that has been a little bit of a challenge in some cases where a really cool initiative launched uh, live streaming and then it wasn't necessarily supported by the brand social channels because the brand social channel queues were already all filled up. You know, it's like, oh, no, you know, this really wonderful connection between these amazing people in the industry is happening and who's watching, you know, because the brand the brand didn't have the, the ability to um, accommodate. So so there's got to be some things worked out in terms of process. And and uh, and I think part of the solution there outside of the process and the collaboration is, of course, the technology that the brand is using to coordinate all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a tough nut that needs to be cracked. I yeah. you're in a good business if you're solving that problem for brands that uh, they need it for sure. No, exactly. And and now that um, you know so much more is going digital, it's both a bigger challenge, but maybe the technology actually can help because if everything is digital, then it's at least easy to harness uh, the data. Well, yeah, sure. And, and, and the thing is, is um, like I mentioned the expression best answer marketing strategy, mm-hmm. um, this idea of that the buyer is going wherever they want to go to source information and have content consumption experiences. And if the brand can coordinate amongst different departments and regions, what they're doing, the net effect uh, or cumulative effect could be an amazing best answer experience for that customer. It's like everywhere I go, I see this really useful, meaningful, personalized, or or at least uh, relevant uh, experience. And there's some continuity to it, at least from a messaging standpoint. Wow. Brand XYZ really is, you know, the first one on top of my mind, you know, when it comes to that sort of solution. So there's a big payoff to the coordination uh, and it does need to be figured out. Great. All right. Um, I'm going to let you go in a second. Any final thoughts? I think, you know, more than ever, uh, this whole idea of empathy really, you know, so much of, you know, buyer targeting is about data and I get that, but there's got to be a qualitative measure more now than ever in terms of understanding what executives want and, you know, empathizing what life must be like for them working from home and having to solve these big, tough challenges on top of all the other things that they've got to figure out. And how can you provide value to someone in a situation like that? I, I think empathy is how you get there, listening. Uh, data is still part of the solution, but I really think it's more important uh, to, to do that now, executive engagement, than, than ever before. Great. All right. I think that phone call is our yeah. clue. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. Top rank marketing. Great right. conversation. Uh, I'm Rob Levitt. We'll look forward to continuing the conversation soon. Lee, thank you. Thanks for listening to C-Suite Marketing. I hope you got at least a few new ideas. Let us know what you think and send along any questions or suggestions for upcoming episodes. And if you really enjoyed the show, do us a favor and tell two friends. Do us another favor and check out our sponsor, Boardroom Insiders, a business intelligence platform that makes executive engagement easier than ever. Boardroom Insiders helps you close bigger deals faster. Learn more at boardroominsiders.com. 
And don't forget to visit us at ITSMA.com for more on this podcast and more insight and inspiration on executive engagement, account-based marketing, thought leadership, and other B2B marketing priorities. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.